You are listening to The Starcoat Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 204. I always start with that next level vision because to me, it answers the really important question is, is this the right thing for my business? When you're being faced with a lot of different opportunities or a lot of different decisions, and you're trying to decide, is this worth my time, money, energy, investment? And you always want to go back to that vision and say, when I think about myself, my business, my customer in the future, is this directionally aligned with where I want to go? Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and it is delightful to have you here with us. I am eager to introduce you to our guests because I think it's going to make you think about your business maybe in a different way when Krista Grasso shares her message with us. So when you think about what we can learn in growing our business, There are so many different angles to consider, and yet Krista today, who happens to be a serial entrepreneur, she has many different businesses. She continues to be a jewelry or an accessory brand owner in addition to the work that she does in organizations and then on her own as an international lean business consultant and coach. Today, she's going to share with us her lean out method and what we need to be thinking about as business owners to be sure that we are creating a business that is sustainable, that is flexible, that actually allows us to be true to our calling, whatever it is that lights us up, that we believe is the work that we need to do? How are we making decisions to really optimize our business and allow us to bring that special sauce forward? And Krista also points out in the interview, what are we doing to take care of ourselves, to take care of the balance of our lives in being small business owners as well? So, I'm super excited to introduce you to someone known as the business optimizer. Krista has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and focus on helping us optimize the core things that will make the biggest impact to grow and scale our businesses. She specializes in helping business owners like ourselves identify the most important things that we need to focus on right now. And I will help you with clarity around that as I ask Krista, how do we even know what we need to focus on right now? So we'll explore some of that so that we can really drive maximum value for our clients and for creating the businesses that really work for us. I'm not gonna make you wait any longer. Let's go to my interview with Krista Grasso. 
Krista, welcome to Star Coaches, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, Meg, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, we're super lucky to have you here because you were just saying that you've been hit by the storms along with the hurricane, and we're lucky to have you with us. Your your power just came up. So we want to thank you for going above and beyond to be with us today. (laughs) I'm excited that the power came back on just in time. Wow, that is intense. And and I wish everyone around you the safety and the best of luck to get through the storms. So when we when I invite people on the show, one of the values that I believe our audience gets is learning a little bit about your journey and, and what has led you down the path that you've walked to work with the kinds of clients that light you up. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what's led you to zero in on what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit of a winding road, as I think most of our journeys are. And I had gone to school, I started off as an art major, and I had really wanted to do something on the creative side. And while I was going through school, I said, you know what, I really better get a business degree. I know I want to do my own thing. I I really was very into the entrepreneurial approach. And I said, I better kind of figure out how to build a successful business and really understand what to do from business. So I got a business degree. And like most people graduated with some lovely college loans. So while I was getting ready to do my own thing, I decided to go and work in corporate for a little bit, pay off those loans. And one of my morning customers who I'd been managing a Starbucks at the time, he had pulled me aside and said, hey, I would absolutely love to have you come and work for me at this company, but I'd really like for you to start tomorrow. A, are you interested? And B, could you come in as a consultant? And I honestly didn't really know what a consultant was at the time, but it was this amazing opportunity. It was a company I'd been trying to get into for a long time, which he knew, and he found a way to get me in. So of course I said, yes. Um, I'm going to make it work. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I will be there tomorrow morning. And I was. (laughs) And so that kind of started my, you know, 20 plus year journey in consulting and working with a lot of really large corporations. Well, at the same time, I did still continue to pursue my creative side and I had launched a jewelry business. And I started off with a handmade jewelry business selling on Etsy like so many people did. And I quickly realized I was the bottleneck in my business. I could only grow it so far when I was doing everything myself. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that wasn't going to be a sustainable business model. So one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to bring in partners. I wanted to transform the business and step into the designer role and actually run a company as opposed to just doing making jewelry basically and selling it, right? Big difference. Right. Huge difference. So (laughs) I had done that and I actually scaled really, really quickly. I actually scaled too quickly and I almost put myself out of business. And I had invested quite a bit in showrooms and trade shows and collections at the time, you know, back in the day when I had launched this business, it was very common that you pre-purchased all of the jewelry and then tried to sell it to people instead of doing what I now know makes so much more sense, which is you design, you have people place orders, and then you fulfill, right? I kind of made a lot of mistakes early on as a lot of people do. Right. But one of the things that had happened was the kind of middle of the market had fallen out at the time. And all of my showrooms and reps were saying, you really need to move production to China. You really need to lower your prices. And, you know, I respect any businesses, however they choose to run their business. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was really deeply passionate about and wanted to keep production in the U.S. 
coming from being a maker myself, I did not want to fully take my jewelry, you know, worry about quality control issues. I wanted to maintain the quality, keep everything in the U.S. while lowering my costs and lowering my expenses. Oh, no problem. Exactly. (laughs) I got this. Easy breezy here. Yeah. (laughs) With a pile of debt from a whole bunch of jewelry that wasn't selling sitting on the shelf, right? Right. And that was where it kind of struck me that here I am spending a lot of my time consulting with these big Fortune 50, uh, Fortune 10 companies even, and I'm helping them leveraging lean and leveraging agile to really kind of outshine their competitors, to really understand how to do more and achieve more by doing less. And why am I not applying these same concepts in my own business? So and- let's so for so the the person who approached you in Starbucks and the consulting you were doing in his company was to help that company be more lean and agile. That's where so- that comes in. I mean, because you said here I'm helping other companies. Where did that piece come in? Yeah, so I started off actually doing project management, more traditional project management. And over the years that morphed into doing more lean and agile. But that very first business that I worked at, they were a big manufacturing company. And so they used lean. And so I was introduced to lean day one of my first corporate engagement. And I had leveraged, I was with that company for about seven years. And so I became Lean Six Sigma certified. I had done so much with lean with that company. At the time, I had not been familiar with agile. I got more familiar with agile later in later years. And I had moved from more of that traditional project management approach to things to working in a much more agile way, which is more iterative. It's just taking instead of pre-planning things and trying to predict in advance how something is going to go, it's breaking it down into smaller, more manageable pieces and really just iteratively building upon what you're learning. And so that all was happening in parallel right, <laughs> with your own my business. journey so the, while was I was just, building my yeah, own. I just wanted to kind of weave in the piece because you said, here, I'm working with other companies and I needed to do it with my company. And I thought, <laughs> well, we can sort of miss the piece of how you were doing it with other companies. So here you are, you're consulting and you've got this jewelry business that you're trying to keep in the United States and yet not put you out of business. So <laughs> what happened next? <laughs> So I actually developed what today is my business. It's called the lean out method. And what I did was I just really looked at, I was like, what is it that I'm doing with all of these companies that I'm consulting with where I'm helping them achieve these amazing results? And how can I apply that to my business, right? Lean is born in manufacturing, right? It really comes, it's used more broadly now but it heavily started in manufacturing. And it's really about eliminating waste. It's eliminating wait times. It's really making sure that you're flowing things as quickly and smoothly and as efficiently as possible with less defects, you know, less errors, which increases cost. And so I'm like, how can I apply this to my own business? And that's what I did. And I ended up actually keeping all production in the U.S., my business is still in business today, oh, <laughs> eight years later. <laughs> so it, it worked. And at the same time, a lot of my peers were undergoing the same challenges that I was. And so they started asking me, can you help me? What are you doing? How did you kind of save your business? How is it that you're getting your jewelry sold in free people? How is it that you're having all of these different things? And we 
can't even keep our head above water. How are you actually getting retailers to sell your jewelry? How are you doing what you're doing online? And so like anything, when you have success, all of a sudden people get curious yeah. and want you to help them. So I said, okay, I've applied these methods to my own business. Can I apply them to other businesses? And I did. And I helped a lot of people in the fashion and accessory space. But then I ended up broadening that more. And today I work primarily with coaches and consultants and content creators. Amazing. So that that concept, and as you were talking, I was thinking now, listeners, don't don't lose heart here because this actually has to do, you don't have to be selling a product, I mean a, a physical product like jewelry, to learn from what Krista is going to teach us today. So we are going to talk about how we build a lean business and how we that helps us be sustainable as your business mm-hmm. has been sustainable, how we become flexible and be able to to pivot and respond. So you you did a nice job describing what a lean business is. Where do we want to start when we think about for all of you out there, whether you are brand new to business, whether you are just leaving corporate America and thinking I'm going to begin my own business, or many of you have been in business for years, but my guess is you could still have some things you could tweak and become leaner, meaner, greener. So in that, Krista, where do we want to begin? Yeah, absolutely. And so one of my part of my journey of kind of transitioning this work into more of that coach consultant content creator space is really looking at what does lean mean for that type of business. And it's really, if you think about lean as itself, it's just getting super crystal clear on what matters most and eliminating anything that's not that. And if you think about all the overwork, all the overwhelm, just all of the extra stuff I'm saying in air quotes <laughs> in your business, it's really because you're either don't have that clarity and focus, or you're trying to do too many things for too many different people. And so when you think about lean in your business, to me, I always start with what I call a next level vision is what do you actually see for the future of your business? What do you see for the future of yourself? What type of business do you want to have? What type of lifestyle do you want to have? And does your business model actually support that? Surprising how many of those don't actually go hand in hand. And more importantly, what about your customers? In the future, and when you think about that vision, wherever, you know, that point of time in the future is, what are your customers going to need from you and what are they going to want from you? Is the customer you have today the same customer you have five, 10 years from now and they grow and evolve with you? Or are you constantly bringing in new customers? And how is that fitting your business and your business model? And so I always start with that next level vision because to me, it answers the really important question is, is this the right thing for my business? when you're being faced with a lot of different opportunities or a lot of different decisions and you're trying to decide, is this worth my time, money, energy, investment? And you always want to go back to that vision and say, when I think about myself, my business, my customer in the future, is this directionally aligned with where I want to go? Okay. So so we've got to get super clear about the, that, that visioning because sometimes you might be, and, and I tell my students often that right out of school, they might be coaching lots of different people to just kind of get a sense of who they want to coach because we might have a thought, well, this is the audience that I'm going to want to really be a part of. And then 
they might not really speak to you the way that you thought that they were going to or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so to your point, how, how clear are you? And let's look out a year, let's look out two years, let's look out five, 10 years, and really create a vision of what do we want our business to be? Yeah, I think what did I leave out? Mm-hmm. Oh, you absolutely got it. Because all right, talking about the stage that you were just saying, I call that the emerging stage. I know a lot of people call it startup, right? You're naturally kind of trying all of the things and you're naturally serving all the people to try to see what sticks, right? Mm-hmm. Your goal is to find your product market fit. Like who is your actual ideal target market? Not just the one on paper that you think is your target market, but the one you actually really enjoy working with and the one that gets the most value from you, mm-hmm. right? And so as you're trying to sort all that out, it becomes really easy to say yes to everything. But if you know that vision and directionally where you want to go, you'll usually find that sometimes those things you're saying yes to, they just don't align at all with the vision that you have for your business or for your life or for your customer. And so those become an easy no, and it just shrinks the kind of domain of things that you're saying yes to. And it gets you to that product market fit, honestly, a lot quicker because you're taking your time and investing it in things that are directionally aligned instead of just trying anything, even things that you know are never going to be where you want to take your business. Right. And they tend to be energy leaks. So when Mm -hmm. you're pushing yourself to do something because maybe you think, well, they're paying me and, and I need money. And, and I mean that, that, but it, it, the costs of that can really begin to add up. Now, I get it. At first, you are going to be experimenting. You're going to be emerging. You're going to be thinking about, does this fit for me? Does this fit for me? But ultimately, long term, if you push yourself into doing things that are not a good fit for you, you people, your clients are going to know it because you're, you're not going to show up as your best. And it will be an energy leak for you. So true. Yeah, so very true. So we start with that clarity Mm -hmm. of vision. Yes. What next? So from there, you want to set shorter term goals. So the next 90 days. And so your vision answers the question, is this the right thing? Your 90 day goals answer the question, is this the right thing right now? And so again, when you're thinking about lean, you just want to get really focused on what are the most important things I need to be doing right now and eliminate anything else. So having that clarity of vision and then those clarity on your 90 day goals really helps you with what do I need to be focused on right now? What if somebody doesn't know? What if they're like, how does one get clear about the most essential tasks? <laughs> I know it is. I mean, it's part art and it's part science, right? right? So when you think about, you start with your vision and let's say that you were able to set, let's say a five-year vision, right? You've got a pretty good idea of where you're going to go in the future, but you're still figuring it out. You know, it's going to evolve. You don't think you have the perfect end state, which you know, the reality is there is no end state. It always evolves, but you're about five years out. What I always say is take that vision and say, what could I do in the next year? to actually make that possible? What are some of the the real steps that I could take in this next year that will start to bring me closer to that vision that I see? And then you take that and you take that year and you break that down into, and if I were to think about, you know, sequencing, what's some of the first things that I could do to actually get started? And when I think about goals, I always think about outcomes over actions. So what is the outcome that you want for this next 90 days? Maybe it's trying to learn who your target market is. Maybe you're just going out and working with a whole bunch of different people and trying a bunch of different things because you want in this next 90 days to narrow down who your actual niche is 
or you at least want to start to eliminate some groups that you know aren't going to be your niche, right? It's more of an outcome base. And then the actions that you take on a day-to-day basis, they should be in support of that. But you can have a lot of flexibility and fluidity in what you do daily, as long as you know that those things are going to deliver that outcome that you're trying to achieve with your goal. So that's usually how I do it is again, it's part art, part science. So the science is taking the vision and systemically breaking it down. The Mm -hmm. art is there's usually a lot of different ways you can break it down. You just have to kind of pick and say, where do I want to start in the next 90 days? And any step in that direction, you know, that's directionally aligned is a good step. It might not be the best possible step. It might not be the perfect step, but it's a step and that's as good as you have right now. So take it. Excellent. Yeah. And it's much like what we do with our clients. You know, what's the experiment that can be taken? Because even an experiment, it's going to give us information. So we might need to course correct on the way. Well, there's not going to be necessarily it written in the sky, do this first. Mm -hmm. Um, So make an educated guess after you chunk it down. I like that whole concept of getting clarity, but then chunking it down and almost reverse engineering into the, the, next 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, Krista, any action that is, is moving us in that direction, even if we're course correcting, is at least action forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the quicker you can get feedback, the better, right? That's kind of the whole point of lean and agile in general is do things in small increments and try to get feedback as quickly as possible and then pivot and adjust what you're doing based on that feedback. And that's why even though I help people with strategic planning, I I spend a lot of time helping people build 90-day plans, but I still don't believe in prescriptive planning because it's not so much about the specific actions, it's about the outcomes and the goals that you're trying to achieve and allowing yourself the ability to experiment, like you said, to actually learn and pivot and shift what you're doing so that you can actually still achieve that outcome, but without at the beginning of the 90 days, scheduling every minute of every day for the next 90 days. That just doesn't usually get you anywhere good. (laughs) Well, I can't even imagine the amount of time it would take me to schedule every minute of the next 90 days. (laughs) I would be so caught up in doing that. I would never get anything done. (laughs) So what, what else do we need to be thinking about along with clarity? Yeah. So when I work with people, my method itself actually has four pillars, right? There's four stages. And so we start with context and context is your vision, your goals, and actually defining your business model. And again, it's the business model that's going to align with that life and lifestyle that you see in the future, as well as aligning to your customer needs and how you can support them. The next pillar is clarity. And that's where you then start to actually build out your plan. You create a roadmap, you create a 90 day plans, you actually look at your weekly and daily activities and you, you know, just in time, create those and build those out in a way that they align to that goal. Next, we get to commitment, right? Because you know, and for those of you who are coaching other people, you know that half of the time it's mindset stuff and just the other challenges that come up, they get in the way. It's not the strategies. It's not the tactics. It's all of the other stuff that comes up. So the third pillar is commitment because you just have to commit that you are going to achieve this outcome no matter what. But when everything goes wrong, you are still going to keep going. <laughs> so you need to be flexible. You need to pivot, yeah. but still having your eye on that target. Absolutely. And then the fourth pillar is Kaizen. 
And that's a lean concept that's all about small continuous improvements in order to grow. So I leverage Kaizen quite a bit with people and I think it's so important and something I'd encourage all of you to do is always be reflecting and always be looking at those small continuous improvements because the thing that works really, really well today isn't going to work tomorrow without those small continuous improvements. For anybody who uses Instagram or social media, I think that is a great example, right? The strategies that you use to grow followers on Instagram yesterday are completely different next week, right? Oh, it, just it is amazing. Right? all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you want to proactively be reflecting, looking at what's working and seeing how you could do more of it, looking at what's not working quite as well as you'd like and looking at what that next experiment is that you could try to get better results, but you always want to be making those small improvements so that you're ahead of things and you don't end up needing to reactively go make a lot of changes because something stopped working. So everything you're saying, Krista, is is I sort of get the picture of sort of like a boxer who's who's light on the feet and, and switching and moving as as different punches come in from different angles because really and truly being a business owner, you do get different punches coming in from different Mm -hmm. angles. You also get different opportunities coming in from different angles, but definitely being able to be light on the feet, be able to be flexible and pivot and and all of that in a lean way. And and that's what when we think about doing it leanly, leanly, I don't even know if that's a word. Is there anything in, in addition to your four pillars, any other aspects to, to be thinking about in that interest of lean? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you think about context is critical, right? It's why I always start with context because that gives you your bumpers for being lean without knowing where you're going and what's important and what's important right now, then everything feels urgent and everything feels like something you need to say yes to. And so you need to really unapologetically say no to the things that are not the right things right now, realistically, or else- Yeah, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to well, overwork. and you're going to you're invest gonna in things that are not, you know. And and my audience knows that I've had experiences with investing in things because I thought like, oh, that's the next shiny object thing or the next, mm-hmm. and and it was not a lean decision for me to make, nor necessarily the best decision for me to make. So, hearing this, I, having that vision, and thinking. Now, is this really the place that I even am in the road right now to invest this per- into this particular thing? It's super important. Yeah. I, and I think we have all done that. I can, I can probably count many, many times that I have done that. <laughs> but yeah, and so then as you're going through, right? So now you kind of know you've got your bumpers. You know what's important right now. There's a technique that I developed called Chuck that I use and I recommend that people use all the time. It's what are you going to cut, hold, change, and keep? And it basically builds off of the Pareto principle of the 80-20 in trying to figure out what 20% are driving the 80%. And it gives you a, a tool and technique to go ahead and do that. And it's looking on a regular basis at all of the different activities that you're doing, the different offers and programs and things that you're, you're putting out you know, for your clients and looking at what's working really well and what isn't. What of what I have here can I actually cut? It's either you know no longer seeing that return on investment. It's no longer in alignment with that vision or the goals and what I'm trying to do. It's no longer fulfilling 
Like it just isn't something that lights you up anymore. And it's not an investment, meaning it's not something that's going to pay off in the future that's worth the, the time that you're putting into it now, even if you don't see an immediate return on investment in it. So you want to start evaluating those things and saying, which of these things can I actually cut? And if you're not sure, because people always struggle with cutting, which of the things can I put on hold and see if I miss them um, and then eventually cut or just put on hold because it doesn't fit the right now part of right thing right now. And then which are the things I'm going to keep exactly as is right now because they're working really well. And most importantly, what are the things I'm going to change? And so your change is taking what's working and optimizing it. So what's working in your business now, but you know it could be better. That's applying that Kaizen continuous improvement. And really, to me, that's the most important piece of this. After you figure out what you're going to cut is what can I change and what can I improve so that I'm getting better and better results, right? Lean is all about more value, (laughs) less waste. And so how can you add more value to those few things that are working incredibly well in your business so they work even better? And then how can you get rid of the other things that aren't working as well so you can double down on what is? Now, when you're talking about cutting, are you talking about cutting? What specifically might a coach cut? Yeah, so there's any number of things that you might cut. Certainly, it can be, I'll give an example from my business. So I had two different Instagram accounts. And one was my personal page, one was my business page. And when I really looked at it, I said, you know what, the reality is, as a coach, people are working with me not with my business. Like, yes, I have my business page, but people follow my account. They interact with my account. They're hiring me. Yes, I have this great method and they leverage it, but really they're working with me. So I looked at it and said, why am I doing two different accounts? It's twice the work, twice the effort. I'm reusing content in a lot of places anyway. Why am I not just doing my own account? So I cut my other account. Okay. And again, just a simple, simple example, but that Mm -hmm. saved my team and I probably like five hours a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's not insignificant. It's not. And particularly when you know that time is money and how that goes. Another thing that I can talk about that I had had to make a decision to cut was one of the things that I invested in thinking that I So it was a program, a client management system, basically, that was so cumbersome. And so it took so much energy to even try to figure it out and, and cost to, to bring people in to help me figure it out. It just, I had to make a decision to look around and see what might be a better fit for me. And even though there was investment already in that, at some point, it's putting good money after bad. I mean, at some mm-hmm. point, you just have to kind of say, is this really working for me? And they allowed me to put it on hold for three months to see, is it something that I missed? And I really didn't. So that's a, an example of maybe you invest in a program or in a tool that ultimately you're like, I'm not really using this to the to the level that the investment is is costing me. Yeah, I can give another example with my jewelry company as well as for a long time I sold wholesale and I did direct to consumer. And part of my chuck activities as I was looking at all this was I'm building this other business. It's taking more and more of my time. Something has to give. There's only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. And so what can I cut from the jewelry business to create space for the coaching business? And so I actually cut wholesale. I completely 100% cut wholesale. And the reason I made that decision was it let me simplify my business. 
I simplified it big time. I cut out probably about three quarters of the amount of time and money that I had to invest in the business by cutting wholesale. And even though my wholesale orders were much bigger than my retail orders, it in the end of the day actually was a more profitable decision for me because of my shift in focus towards my coaching and consulting business. And so sometimes there are little things like closing an Instagram account. Sometimes they're really big things like closing an entire revenue stream, but that actually end up making you more money by strategically making those decisions. So what I think you're saying there is if we keep our eye on the target, it might be a difficult decision, but ultimately is are the decisions that we're making getting us closer to that target, even if they're scary decisions to move away from something? So yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. And the thing is, it is so difficult is the concept of Chuck is so simple, but people have the hardest time actually cutting anything. And it's so easy to say yes to things. It's so hard to say no to things. And that's just a muscle that you have to build as a business owner. And as coaching, you know, other business owners, helping your clients build that muscle too, because that's how you build that sustainable success is you have to just really be clear on what's important. Just say yes to those things and make the really tough decisions to say no and let go of the things that either aren't working or aren't working as well as something else. Okay. So we have context, clarity, commitment, and what's the last one? Kaizen. Kaizen. Anything that we have left out that is really important to consider when we're thinking about building the sustainable, lean, small business? Yeah. The only last thing that I want to add is because I've seen this with so many of the different business owners that I've coached is we naturally in the emerging stage when we're first starting out, we build that muscle of saying yes to all the things in doing all the things. And when you move out of emerge and you get into the growth stage and you move into the scale stage and some of those later stages, you really truly do need to lean out and you need to get much more focused on what you're doing. And that means that you also need to work less, right? In emerging, you're saying yes to all the things and you just start doing that 24 by seven, always on type of approach to business. And you do have to really go through in that growth stage, getting super clear on what do you offer? Who do you serve? How can you do that really well? How can you eliminate all of those other things And how can you start to really create what I consider balance, which isn't where every single day is in balance. But when you look more at a macro level, you are giving the right amount of time to your business as well as the other facets of your life that are really important to you. You're not always saying no to your family and your friends and fun and all of those other things to just get through the next launch or to just do the next work around the clock type of thing. And so I think that's so incredibly important. And that's a big piece of what I work with people on in building sustainable success is it's not sustainable if you have a model that requires you all the time and requires 24 by seven. And you have to just really get clear on what's important to you other than your business. And you have to create that protected time and space for it. And that's part of building that saying no muscle and really just saying no to things that are going to have you take away from those other facets that are important to you. Really important. We work with our clients around being whole and creative and balanced. And I think we need to pay attention to that for ourselves as well. So good. Thank you so much. Tell me a little bit about how you work with clients. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different things that I do with clients. My main thing is my accelerator. It's a 12-month program. It's really an accountability program 
I help people build their plans. So we do strategic planning and I really help them get lean and build that sustainable success. People can also work with me privately. And for those people who are at the stage of business where they really have a signature program or method and they want to turn it into a physical asset. So creating a planner or a workbook or a journal or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. I also have a mastermind where I help people take their brilliance and their expertise and turn it into a physical asset in their business. So good. And how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, just head over to leanoutmethod.com. You'll find everything you need to know. I have a great Facebook community where I do some live training with folks and interact. I'm in there all the time. Um, You can get there right from the homepage on my site. And I also do masterclasses all the time, which you can also get right from same, uh, same site. Awesome. And the link for that will also be on this episode show notes at starcoachshow.com. Krista, thanks for taking time to be with us today and bringing this amazing information. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, I really want to thank Krista for challenging us to get clear so that we can make those tough decisions. So often the road begins with clarity. If you'd like to know more about Krista, about her lean out method, to be able to kind of follow her teachings, go to starcoachshow.com. Episode 204 show notes will have links so that you can connect with Krista. I also want to invite you back next week. I'm going to visit with Amy Lynn Durham. We're going to be talking about spiritual IQ and what that is and how we can use that within the work we do with clients. It's another really have to listen to and be challenged conversation that we're going to have. And I'm excited to be able to bring that to you next week. I also invite you to visit with me every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern for our Facebook Live discussion on the Star Coach Facebook page. Just search for Star Coaches on Facebook and join us on Wednesday mornings. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen. There will be a place for rates and reviews. And if you'll throw a review in there, I would so appreciate it. That's what will help other coaches find the show, learn from the experts, and be able to bring their coaching that much more strongly into the world. Because every week, we're going to focus on strategies, tools, and resources to help you with your coaching success. So this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best. Have a fantastic week. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. And we'll see you next week on the Star Coach Show. Star Coach Show.